Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it... <clears throat> a real POS. You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Gamble on, fellas. Gamble on. <laughs> Welcome again to Gamble On, the weekly gambling podcast presented by usbets.com. I'm Eric Raskin, US Bets Managing Editor and Media Director. I'm joined by my co-host, US Bets Senior Analyst, Jeff Edelstein. And as you know, Jeff, I am a former editor of a poker magazine. And in our desperation to come up with stuff to write about in slower months, we tackled the question a time or two of, is poker a sport? I was always in the camp of no. Uh, but because it requires a certain amount of stamina, and because it was airing on ESPN at the time, there was no shortage of people insisting that, yes, poker is a sport. Well, last week, poker pro Martin Zamani won a $50,000 buy-in tournament for a payout of $666,000, and when asked during the final table why he was doing so well, he responded, I'm high. If you can win at an elite-level event while high— that would seem to be an argument against the game you're playing being a sport. But eh, maybe not. Is frisbee golf a sport? Can hacky sack be a sport? Jeff, I need your thoughts on sports and drugs and all related topics. I mean, if we're talking specifically about marijuana, then let's add golf to the list of sports you can do while high. Uh, right. I'm, I am like 400% positive you can you can play golf at a reasonable level while high, I've been told. Um, you know, other <laughs> drugs, you know, you know, remember the you know greenies, uppers, bennies, speed, ice, meth, whatever sure. you want to call it. Sure. That was part of baseball forever, which really does make sense. It gets kind of boring just hanging out in left field, you know, all day. Um, <laughs> so, you know, drugs and sports have a rich history. Uh, as far as is poker a sport, I mean, I, it's a competition, right? I don't know. I mean, if you but listen, you know, marijuana these days. I don't, I don't know if, if you, you've dabbled. It's it's very powerful stuff. I, I <laughs> back in the old days, I could do like fifty eight bong hits, you know, and go take a you know a chemistry final. 
You know, right. today, I, one little puffy here, and we're in, in the legal state of New Jersey. I'm done for the day, you know? Right. You're not currently podcasting, I. Or if you, you don't, you know what? You don't have to disclose to me if you are. I, you would know. Honest to God. I'd be about like 14, there would be a 14 second delay. <laughs> oh, wow. So I'd have to carry you even more than usual, you're saying. Even, yes, like 100% <laughs> even more than usual. But no, uh, good for this guy getting high and playing poker. Yeah. Um, Why not? I, I I do think uh, it, it it is a strike against po- calling uh, poker a sport. Now I may not I may not be the best person to say whether poker is a sport because I'm kind of in the camp of of being reluctant to even call golf a, a sport. If if you never have to move faster than a walk, I'm gonna at least pause and question whether you're a sport or merely a skill based activity. Uh, but right. you know I'm on the fence with golf. I feel very strongly that poker is not a sport. I've heard some people call it in recent years a mind sport, which is hmm. a creative way to get the word sport in there. I guess I can support that. I guess if we want to call it a mind sport. Yeah, but no, I don't like that. You know, because anything that is uh, being married then is a mind sport. <laughs> like you know, and 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 one we are uh, losing badly. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I don't know. Mind sport. I mean, it's a competition. Can't we just call it what it is? It's a competition. Right. It is know? a competition, but, you know, the, the word sport exists, and people like to, I guess, uh, determine whether something fits into it or, or, or not. Um, I, I guess I, I've kind of buried the lead with this whole conversation, which, to me, I'm impressed with someone who can think this clearly when high. In in my day, when I would sometimes uh, accidentally inhale, you know. Sure, uh, sure. I, I guess sometimes you would have those moments where you could really lock in and get in a zone. But more often, I would lose my train of thought every few seconds. So I can't imagine keeping straight, you know, what hand I have versus what hand I had three hands ago uh, over the course of a poker tournament. And um, actually, uh, while, while I'm thinking of uh, things that I'm impressed by people being able to do high, rock stars who perform while high, that amazes me. I feel like I'd be forgetting all the lyrics or forgetting the mm. next chord or at the very least getting so paranoid about the possibility of forgetting the next chord that I'd freeze up. So uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm certainly impressed by this guy. Yeah, I don't know. You know, now that you're talking about it, like, again, in the days when I – the days when I would like be high, which was the nineties daytime hours and evening. Uh, <laughs> sure. I, I, I do remember being able to kind of zone in on what I was doing, you know, mm. like it'd be a, you know, a singular train of thought. So may, I don't know, maybe I'll get high for the podcast next week and see what happens. <laughs> that's, I guess that's all I'm trying to say. Right. And I, I, obviously, you know, 14 seconds of delay. I can clean that all up in editing. Nobody there will you go. Uh, know the yeah. difference. Um, I'll, I'll mention there's a great Frisbee golf course in a giant state park five minutes from my house. So uh, if, if you ever want to get high and play, Jeff, just give me a call. Oh, all right. Core, is that Core Creek? Is that what we're talking about? Uh, no, it is uh, Tyler State Park. Oh, Tyler State. Okay, good yeah, to know. It's I've a, never I, played Frisbee golf. I'd love to. That seems like a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, same here. Never really played. I'm not sure I'm even any good at all at throwing a Frisbee, but you, see these, not, yeah. you see these like baskety chain link things in the middle of the woods and lots of trees and obstacles. It looks like fun. I'm in. Okay, good. Maybe we'll podcast while playing Frisbee golf. Hi, while next high, week. Yes, yes. That sounds right. like a great idea. <laughs> okay. Uh, thank you to everyone for joining us for episode number 237 of Gamble On. If you missed any of our previous 236 episodes, they're all available on Megaphone, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all other podcast apps. Subscribe, write a review, and give us a rating. I know this seems like a one-star podcast sometimes, but that just means you aren't high enough. So please get baked. So baked that we start making sense and, uh, and and then give us a five-star review. 
Not even sure if the kids are still using the word baked, but we're. <laughs> I, I'll there. tell you what word I know they don't use: grass. That that that, grass. that one's gone. Uh, it's too bad. It's a groovy, groovy word. <laughs> uh, coming up a little bit later today, we're going to be joined by West Virginia delegate Sean Fluhardy to talk about what he's trying to do to protect athletes and ban assholes. I think uh, that's is that fair to say? <laughs> More or uh, less, yeah. Gambling. Uh, he's also going to talk about his thoughts on weed. It's a, it's it, all of a sudden this is a gamble mm. on with Cheech and Chong today. <laughs> but uh, first, as always, Eric, plenty of news to discuss. Here's your Gamble On News of the Week, an inside look at the biggest stories in the world of gambling. Let's kick things off this week with some legalization-related news out of Missouri. Last Wednesday night, a bit too late for last week's pod because we recorded everything a day early to publish ahead of the Masters, the Missouri Senate voted not on sports betting, but on something directly related to sports betting in the state. All along, State Senator Denny Hoskins has been tying sports betting together with VLTs, video lottery terminals, throwing his weight around blocking sports betting bills from moving because they don't have VLTs attached to them. So SB 30 was out there as a bill to legalize mobile sports betting, and Hoskins tried to attach a VLT amendment, and that amendment was voted down 20 to 11. So VLTs are not getting legalized in Missouri this session. But is sports betting? Well, SB 30 remains alive, as do a couple of bills that passed the House, but Hoskins and others have already started filibustering to prevent them from going anywhere. Lowlights of the filibuster, including someone reading three chapters from a Ronald Reagan biography. Uh, Senate President Caleb Rowden, who supports the sports betting legislation, said the governing body looked like idiots for the way this has been going. But they have four more weeks to maybe work something out if some compromise can be reached with Hoskins. Jeff, do you see any reason for optimism here, or does the death of the VLT amendment essentially spell the death of the sports betting bill this year? And I assume you would agree with Rowden's idiot's characterization? Yeah, I mean, you know, you know how I, I, I can't stand the vast majority of politicians, and that's not some knee-jerk reaction. I, you know, writing for the Trentonian newspaper for 20-odd years, I've met tons of, you know, hundreds of politicians the vast majority of them are just basically slightly smarter and much more petty versions of your average American. I mean, that's <laughs> okay. that's really what it comes down to. Uh, Arthur C. Clarke had it right in one of his novels. I can't remember which. Everyone, you know, for every political office, everyone's name gets put in a, put in a hat. And the only people who are not eligible are people who show an affinity for politics. Uh, you know, so listen, Missouri, I, I don't know. It sounds like this Hoskins guy is some kind of like boss hog operator out there. <laughs> right. You know, I, 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 so maybe it gets through if somebody, you know, tickles his feet enough. I've, I have no idea. You know, I, listen, we really need to start considering the idea of the benign dictator. I mean, my mother would be fine at it, I think. Ah, you know, okay. I, I, just, you know, reasonable, nice, you know, I don't know. <laughs> So, yeah, is Missouri going to legalize? I, I have no idea. It depends on the, the whims of a few politicians and what right. they, you know, what they feel like. It's so silly. Right. I feel like you may have already uh, thrown that Arthur C. Clarke uh, I, quote I, out there I on always, a previous podcast. I yeah, I, I will. And I will throw it out again because it's okay. brilliant. It's brilliant. <laughs> Uh, I will say, uh, you know, our our upcoming guest, Sean Fluhardy, certainly uh, does not guy. fit the categorization. No, uh, no, yes, no. Yes. Not, he's, I, he's a great politician, I assume. It seems it like seems. it. Okay. Um, so based on uh, reading Jill Dorson's reporting on Missouri on Sports Handle, it seems there are three possibilities. The big favorite, sports betting just stays at a standstill. Nothing happens this year. Try again next year. The other two possibilities, 
the people who want sports betting concede something else to Hoskins. Uh, you know, they negotiate, hey, we'll vote for this other bill about campaign finance restrictions or whatever if you tell your people to vote for sports betting. Or the third possibility, the people who want sports betting play hardball. You know, we aren't voting for anything you want. We're filibustering all of it into oblivion if you don't help us get it sports betting passed. Um just from the vibe of the article that Jill wrote from how dug in Hoskins seems, uh, I like the boss hog comparison. Uh, I've, I've read quotes from him over the years, and I, I get the sense he's a huge pain in the ass who likes to power trip. I'm going to say sports betting passing this year is probably at least a plus 800 underdog in Missouri, something oh like that. That's, you hate to hear it. That's just, that's just my, my guess. I hope I'm wrong. Um, I, I'll also note that uh, Jill included a tweet uh, in her article from presumably a Missouri and uh, Jake Neely, his handle is at J underscore Neely underscore STL. So probably from St. Louis, he pretty well summed things up and uh, took the, you guys do look like idiots side by tweeting at DL Hoskins. I like thousands of Missourians thoroughly appreciate you holding sports betting hostage until your VLT bill gets passed. I wish there was a way we could figure out how many millions of dollars are going to neighboring States that are costing that you are costing Missouri. Uh, so uh, yeah, I mean, Missouri is pretty much surrounded now. Anyone who wants to sports bet and lives anywhere near a border is just helping one of those other States get their tax dollars. Um, from an outside observer's perspective, I guess it's kind of intriguing to see which side will cave and, and in the end, whether VLTs and sports betting will pass together or, or not. Um, I don't know. I, I guess I need a little more excitement in my life if I find that at all intriguing. But, uh, you know, I could I could twist myself into saying that's an interesting thing to track. That's quite that's that's, that's quite a quite a maneuver you just pulled there. <laughs> Yeah. I I cannot twist myself into such a matter. However, okay, you have z- z- no excitement whatsoever to uh, see how things play out in Missouri. Just wake wake you up when they pass sports betting, basically. I it just I I hate the way politics works. I yep. can't stand it. Yeah, it, it's it, we we are we are we are broken. We're broken. This is not the way it's supposed to go. All right. Well, speaking of, uh, I'm, I'm angry. All right. Uh, well, let's. We're gonna keep I'll you angry. I'll shut we're up. Gonna... I'll shut up. <laughs> well, no, you 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 maintain maintain that level of anger for our second story. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great, too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it... <clears throat> a real POS. You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. 
Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Our second story this week uh, prompted a headline on Jeff's op-ed about it, referring to possibly, quote, the most hysterical take on legal wagering to date. Um, It seems Michigan State professors recently circulated a petition to get the school to terminate its deal with Caesars Sportsbook right in line with what the AGA is trying to convince sports books and universities to do. But in the petition, the professors pivoted directly from needing to protect their students from gun violence. Uh, you'll recall there was a fatal shooting at Michigan State in February to the, quote, glaring contradiction of failing to protect them from sports betting. I don't think I need to say any more uh, to, to tee you up on this one, Jeff. You, you wrote the op-ed. You have some strong feelings about this, so take it away with your thoughts on comparing a mass shooting to a financial deal with a mobile sports book. Yeah, I mean, we're going to talk about succession in a moment, but before we do, allow me to say this to the Michigan State professors. I love you, but you're not serious people. (laughs) Well done. Also, (laughs) fuck off, will you? I mean, this is – listen, I get the idea that you don't like uh, sports gambling companies signing marketing deals with the university, all right? I mean, I understand that the AGA, as we mentioned, they're on board. They don't like it either. I understand. I understand it. Like, you could argue either side. I don't care. All right. You want to keep gambling companies off the campus? Sure, fine, whatever. But to invoke the mass shooting, especially this is a mass shooting that just occurred, right, in an effort to warn people about, like, the dangers of gambling is like invoking Hitler to warn about the dangers of your dad's new girlfriend. You know, this is not quite apples to apples here. And really it's like disgusting. Yeah. It's disgusting. I mean, imagine, I, I mean, I, I can't even say the words practically. Imagine you are the, that, that you live through this or yeah. even worse, you're like the parent of one of the kids who was killed through this and it's being used as a wedge to boot Caesars off campus. I mean, this is the height of insanity. This is insane. Sports betting Sports betting and mass shootings do not ever belong in the same sentence. It's it's absurd and disgusting. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I don't have a lot to add. I, I couldn't say it any better than that, except I'll note that it, it's really sad how sports betting has become this in vogue target. You know that it's it, and you've pointed this out before. It's it's the plague of the moment that people want to pick on. The thing is, if they hadn't gone overboard trying to frame it in the same sentence or sure. even the same paragraph as kids getting killed in mass shootings, just on its own, I think MSU is on the correct side of the argument. Universities shouldn't have deals with sports books. A majority of college students are under 21. Caesars ought to put the kibosh on this deal. Uh, the AGA is correct here, even if it can't enforce its stance. Common sense says sports books should find other organizations to partner with besides colleges. But yeah, it's just so disrespectful to the actual human lives lost to gun violence to lump promotion of sports betting in with it as some even remotely almost equivalent thing that you need to protect your students from. Um, I guess it could be worse. Uh, The MSU professors could be looking in the wake of a mass shooting to loosen gun purchasing restrictions, as the Tennessee <laughs> legislature is doing, taking the uh, stance of not enough kids are dying in our schools. Um, so MSU professors, I, I guess you aren't the absolute worst people in our country. I'll say that for you. No, that, I mean, they're not. And, I, you know, it's just, you know, it, but it is it's just, the, as you mentioned, like it's, you know, the plague du jour, which is sports betting, which is so absurd considering 
all the other forms of gambling, and I've written about this, all the other forms of gambling out there that are objectively much worse for like problem gaming than sports betting. Right. And it's just it's absurd that sports betting is like in the crosshairs. Mm -hmm. It's absurd. It's being used like in this manner. It's a, it's it's just absurd. I, you know, I, I, I don't understand it. You and know, not and not just understand it. Not just among the forms of gambling, but as you pointed out in your article, there's uh, plying these kids with unhealthy food and feeding oh, obesity. Right. There's alcohol. There's there's all sorts of other things that are problems to that that would would also be unreasonable to <laughs> equate to gun violence, but that are are other problems on campus that they have to deal with uh, that uh, arguably have a much more deleterious effect than yes. the kids having yeah. access to I'll sports betting. I'll, I'll tell you what, everybody. How about we solve gun violence in our schools first, then we'll talk about solving, you know, the big sports betting problem in America. Yes, I'm, right? I, I'm, with, I'm with you on the, that prioritizing. It is fucking nonsense. It is nonsense. You know, I, and, you know, we're both parents. We have kids mm -hmm. in schools. I teach at Rider University. We had a active shooter. You know, it turned out to be false, but it was lockdown a couple mm. weeks ago. Wow, you I know, didn't hear about that. And this is... You know, and, and yet every politician is tripping over themselves to limit sports betting advertising. But right. the guns in schools, you know, mass shooting, you know, gun violence is the number one cause of death now for uh, children. Right. Ahead of That's car accidents and anything else. Yep. Fucking insane. Yeah. But sports betting, that's the big problem in America right. today. Yeah. Fuck off. <laughs> there we go. Perfect two words to transition to our third story this week, uh, which the fact that this is our third story should give you a sense of what a slow news week it's been in the gambling industry. But uh, we're going to talk about the New York Times talking about people betting on the TV show <laughs> Succession. Um, some weeks, like especially during football season, this wouldn't crack the top 10 industry news stories. But uh, but this week it's top three for us. Or maybe Jeff and I just want an excuse to talk Succession. Um, so I'll say right now, we will be doing Succession spoilers. If you aren't caught up through Season 4, Episode 3, skip ahead. Uh, I'll estimate about five minutes. That ought to take you to the start of this week's interview. Um, so the New York Times, which a few months ago couldn't spill enough ink about the dangers of legal sports betting, published a lighthearted piece about people in New York who are in betting pools with their friends for real money, no regulation on how succession will end, uh, mostly about who will be in charge of the company. It was interesting timing for the article in that the theoretical odds shifted a lot on Sunday when the latest episode aired. And here's your final spoiler warning. Logan Roy died somewhere between five and seven episodes before the average viewer expected him to. Uh, Jeff, in your preseason fake odds article, you put Logan dying at minus 125. I believe I said at the time privately that those odds were too low. I figured he was more like minus 300 to die. But sadly, I didn't bet on it. Uh, but the New York Times wouldn't have minded one bit if I did, apparently. Uh, anyway, Jeff, uh, your thoughts on the Times publicizing people betting on scripted TV? And more importantly, your thoughts on succession with seven episodes to go. I mean, you know, I'm sure the features department at the Times and the news department aren't checking in on each other every day. Right, but still, it, right. did, it did strike me and struck you as well as funny, haha, -ha funny, that they're hyping betting on succession while on the same page as railing against sports betting. And, you know, you know, and we keep going back to their big takeout piece a few months back. But they've been against this 
it's constantly it's been on their op-ed pages in one way shape form or another since paspa you know they've been railing against sports betting and here oh okay but it's fun to bet a few hundred dollars on you know succession but meanwhile succession holy shit man <laughs> uh, I, I, i've watched the episode twice so far Have you, how many okay. are, you, are you one just, one and just, done or just just like, one and i do usually like to watch the episodes a second time but i I don't know that I don't know that I need to. I loved it, and uh, we'll discuss it. But it was intense. I'm not sure I need a second viewing on this one. Like, or or that sometimes you know you miss a lot of the jokes because you're trying to follow the plot machinations. Sure. That wasn't the case right. with this one. So no, but I would recommend a second time because the first okay. time I watched it, it was like I was shocked. Right? It was it was shocking. Right? Were you shocked? I was shocked. Uh, yes, I, I I certainly was. I mean, um. Uh, I'll 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 interrupt uh, whatever path you were headed down just to say what I think was so brilliant about killing off Logan in episode three. If you don't kill him early, then, then obviously by the time we get to episode nine or ten, it's all anyone is talking about. But even by like episode six, I think once you pass like the halfway point of the season, the conversation is pretty well out there about hmm, could they kill Logan sooner than we think by doing it in episode three. They got out in front of even the early speculation crowd, and the first 15 minutes of the episode were a perfect distraction. It was it was like any other Succession episode, you know? You had uh, uh, the, the fire jerry, you had a wedding, people getting on a plane for a big negotiation. And so as viewers, when shit starts getting serious, and Tom won't just come out with it that, and say that he's lying there dead, we as viewers, we are all Roman, uh, a bit in denial, saying... Wait, he, he may still be alive. We don't know he's dead. I think if if you set it up any other way, if it comes late in the season, if we get a little warning, our brains would go, oh, okay, this is it. They're killing him off. Instead, it was like, wait, what? Is this really how it's happening? So yes, to answer your question, I, I, I was shocked. I didn't see it coming, and it took pretty deep into it before I accepted that it was happening. Yeah, well, and that also the way that they did it, there was no like bedside vigil. You know, this right. was like, this was the way many of us are gonna go. You know, right. yeah, not 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 on a private plane in a bathroom, but you know, <laughs> quickly and without warning, really. You know what I mean? Right. And so that that was also so brilliant. I thought in that like the episode, and this is why you should watch it a second time. Mm. The episode wasn't as much about his death as it was about. The react the half hour of like single shot reaction to it, right? I mean, how many of us find out about a loved one's death exactly the same way? Like right. the phone, the phone rings. You're like, hey, what's up? You're like, you know, Uncle Jim, Uncle Jim just died. You're like, what? You know, like I can't right. believe it. You know, and so, and then the the second time through, also, I mean, and you know, I, I'm, you know, I'm I'm clearly not a Hollywood director, producer, actor, what have you, but I, you know, I, I've. I feel like I've watched enough television, read enough books in my life to recognize like really good work when I see it. And this was just really good work. Like the from the acting, the production, the background, like every last bit of that half hour of like basically the live shot was right. just so fucking good, man. And like it's worth watching it again just to like enjoy that. You know what I mean? Just to enjoy like these people doing what they do so well. And, you know, and here we are, man. Now we're set up for like the final seven episodes. I think there's, you know, there. I, I've listened to like every podcast about, you know, right. I, I, one thing I, I can't remember which podcast I heard this on, but it, they were reminding us that we're seeing this as a, through as an American prestige drama where the creators are probably seeing this as through like an English dark comedy. Right. 
So I we might not be done with like the death and destruction here. You know what I mean? Right. No. Yeah. And and it's that's a good point that it's uh, Veep was also a show that was run by a British guy, and it, it is kind right. of a thin line between Succession and Veep. One's a comedy, one's a drama, but they're both sort of somewhere in between, or at the very least, Succession is heavily comedy, if not so much this episode. Um, right. But um, to quickly touch on the New York Times thing, I will just say that it's hypocrisy, but like the lowest grade hypocrisy. And the, sort, <laughs> the sort of thing only people like us who've ranted about those awful times hit pieces would even notice. Um, right. But as far as betting on the outcome of a TV show, um, first of all, I, I think if we were doing this sort of thing in our office, I, I wouldn't have considered doing a single question, who will be running Waystar Royco. I think you have to treat it more like those DraftKings pools things, come yeah, up with like, like 20 questions. Yeah, 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 whoever yeah, gets yeah. the most right wins. That could be fun. But just who's in charge of the company, I honestly think it's possible they're all getting their money back. They're, they're all getting a refund because the series could end without a clear answer or with some unexpected combination of people like Lucas Matson owns it, but Tom and Stewie are co-running it. I don't know. I mean, it could, it could very easily be something where there isn't a clear answer. I also have to say, I kind of don't care to speculate on that personally. I, I just want to watch it play out and and right. hope they come up with an ending that makes sense. And I'm sure they will. I'm at, I'm at like 95% confidence that Jesse Armstrong and his writer's room are going to stick the landing here. Yeah, I don't think the I I I if, if the climax is who's in charge, I think it's a disappointment. There's right. there's there's something else cooking here. There's a bigger story cooking, a bigger message cooking, something bigger cooking. Because if they waited until like episode nine to kill off Logan, then that that's that's the end of the show, right? right. That's that's how the show ends. The show, oh, it's the death of Logan, and like the and 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 that's that, right? But now by killing him off here, there's a completely different ending coming. You, you follow what I'm saying that this is just. Right. This is part of the plot to get us to where we're going. And I'm and I think at the end, I, I still think it's possible that this that you know I mean, I think it's Kendall's show at the end. You you know what I mean? I think it's right. like what what happens to Kendall, I think, is is going to like, you know, make or break whether or not this goes down as you know, a top five show in history. But we'll see. I don't know. I mean, I I'm I am here for the ride. Can't wait. All right. And 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 I will say, because you've brought this up before and you just mentioned the top five thing that uh I am I am now on board with the the likelihood that uh, this is not going to go down as my all time favorite show. I'm just too entrenched on Breaking Bad, but I do think uh, I'm, chances are well over fifty percent that this is going to end up on my Mount Rushmore when all is said and done. Wow, what else is on the Rushmore right now? Uh, I'd so I'm putting on the spot. I'd have to go hard to think about it. No, I, I I have like my top five in a not clear order off off the top of my head. So and, and I'm mixing comedies and dramas yeah. together. But my one is Breaking Bad and my two is Seinfeld. And I don't see anything bumping either of those. Um, but then my next three in some sort of nebulous order are Mad Men, The Shield, and Cheers. And mm. I could easily see Succession at number three or four or something like that when it's all said and done, as long as they don't blow the ending, which they're not going to blow the ending. They know what they're doing. Yeah. I'd have to think hard on this. I know Arrested Development is on, is mine and right. the, the Sopranos, I think. But after that, I'm not sure. Right. And I put those two on there. Cause those are the two that I've rewatched more than twice. Yeah. Okay. So I, I must, I must like them. <laughs> I, I, I will someday do a Sopranos rewatch with my son. I, I think I'm waiting to watch it with him at, at some point, And that's when I'll right. do the rewatch on that. And what my understanding is that uh, that one holds up very nicely on a rewatch. 
Oh yeah, and it's different too. I I found it. Uh, I I found my rooting interest different. You know, going through it. Right. I won't spoil that, but whatever. <laughs> at this at this point, I think uh, most people hopefully know how Sopranos ends. We did go over five minutes on this, so for the people who uh, fast forwarded just five minutes and landed right in the middle of us still talking about Succession spoilers, oh well, too bad. You should have watched it on Sunday. Tony Soprano may or may not be dead. <laughs> well, that's actually true that he may or may not. <laughs> it's time to welcome a special guest from the world of gambling. Let's get to the Gamble On interview. I wrote an article last week about the problem our industry faces with aggrieved sports bettors harassing athletes. And shortly after the article posted, West Virginia State Delegate Sean Fluharty tweeted in response that he's getting the conversation going about this issue in his state and linked to House Bill 3310 designed to ban offenders from sports betting. So joining us to talk about his effort on that front in West Virginia and various other sports betting and legislative topics is the minority whip of the West Virginia House, Delegate Sean Fluharty, welcome to Gamble On. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So I know your bill did not pass on this first attempt. What's your optimism that it can pass in West Virginia soon? And and more broadly, uh, did my article either overstate or understate at all what a serious problem this is? No, I think uh, yourself and others are really starting to get the conversation going. And that's where legislatively we're doing the same. You know, uh, when legislation gets introduced, not a lot of it gets fast-tracked right away. That goes for sports betting. It goes for iGaming. Usually it takes a couple cycles to get things going. But more, most importantly, when you first introduce something, is it catching on? Are people talking about it? And that's why I appreciate the work that you're doing and others. Um, you, in your article itself, you mentioned ESPN's work, David Purnam's article, and how you know he has been – I spoke with him about it prior to the article coming out – Oh, he's working on this as well. So when you see the conversation starting from legislators to those who are in the industry reporting on it to regulators, that's what really breeds good good legislation. And, and you see a result come down the road. So I really anticipate next next uh, legislative session, not just on this front. Look, there's going to be a lot of consumer protection bills. And this is just one of those that I think we'll see the finish line sooner rather than later. We also had another piece of legislation in West Virginia that was related to auditing uh, of sports betting companies and their advertising takes place. That I think not only in West Virginia has that conversation been started, but also in Maryland, if you saw, they just uh, adjourned Sonny Die last night and they actually had legislation go through related to that issue as well. So there's there's all kinds of different prongs out there that I think you're seeing kind of a change of the guard a little bit in the sense that sports betting consumer protection bills are now at the front of the line and not just bills to get sports betting passed. That that one you're referencing that is in Maryland as well. That's the the legislation to sort of audit touts. Essentially, is that the one you're talking about? Correct. Yes, and we've had similar legislation in West Virginia. It actually passed the House overwhelmingly and it, it made it to the Senate, but it did not. But the clock ran out on us before it was able to get through the committee process. But uh, that's just another piece of the pie that I think going forward you're going to see kind of a conglomeration of all those types of legislation related to sports betting because states like West Virginia and Maryland others. Who passed sports betting years ago, uh, you know, we, we didn't have all the facts at the time of what it would look like years down the road. So now what we're seeing is, OK, maybe we do need some more consumer protection. Maybe we need some safeguards in place for sports bettors out there, not just in the instance of sports bettors, but in, in your article, the athletes themselves deserve some more protections that we weren't really focused on at the time. And look, we passed it before PASPA was even overturned in West Virginia. So we're now seeing kind of what happens after the fact and what can you do legislatively 
uh, to you know reach a common ground or work on things that may not be working perfectly that you couldn't see in advance. You know, so this this bill in particular, uh, how like how do you see it being policed and or enforced? Um, you know, like where does free speech end, and for lack of a better term, you know, not free speech begin, basically. Well, you don't have free speech uh, on Twitter, despite what you read on Twitter. Yeah. You don't have free speech on Facebook, despite what you read on Facebook. And a lot of people tend to think that. And you don't have a, a fundamental right to bet on sports. So <laughs> it, all these things come together. And when you talk about policing it, it's not like it's the same thing as being charged with harassment, right? Where you have the burden of proof, you go through uh, the criminal process and things must be proven beyond a reasonable doubt. That's not the case here. You have no right to bet on sports. And if you're harassing a player, then we have the right as a, as a regulatory body to say, you're not going to do that on our watch. And hmm. as far as reporting goes, I think a lot of these individuals self-report. <laughs> they <laughs> self-report. They say stupid things all the time. And a lot of times it's easily traceable to an individual person or their sports betting accounts. And I think you're going to have a lot of that. Look, you're not going to get everybody. As as the article that you put out stated, if you have somebody who is anonymous online making comments, certainly that makes it harder. But we can't capture everybody. But policing it and capturing everybody are two different things. Let's have something in place. Right now, we don't have anything. Right. And what my bill does, and I think other pieces of legislation you'll see, is give the power to the regulatory body, in this instance, West Virginia Lottery, to say, okay, here's a criteria for those who want to bet on sports in West Virginia. You must be a certain age. You must do all these things. And by the way, you're not going to harass anybody on our watch. And if you do, we're going to take away that right for you, not even a right. We're going to take away that ability for you to bet on sports. So it's just, it's really, you know it when you see it. And then then you would be allowed to police it at that point. Sure. You know, I don't anticipate it's, it's somebody who makes one random comment. I think uh, it, now that would be up to the regulatory body. They're going to be able to look at it and say, this one over the line, you know, right. when you see it, you know, it was a death threat. Sure. Uh, it was something along those lines. If it's just, you know, you, you ripped me off on my $20 parlay, <laughs> well, right. that's a little different. Right. So you were mentioning that, uh, you know, uh, West Virginia legalized sports betting before PASPA was overturned. You're, you're, you're also one of the few states with online casino. What is it about West Virginia that has made it relatively easy to, to legalize these activities? Well, I got in early on the on both those issues so i introduced sports betting legislation long before pass was overturned ran the bill got people talking about it followed what was going on in new jersey i practiced law and was following this long before you know it came to fruition at the supreme court but we were able to get the conversation going early and often in west virginia which i think a lot of states waited until pass was overturned and then started talking about it so by the time pass was overturned we were at the front of the lines. We were already moving legislation. We had been two years in at least on that issue. And that was the first domino to fall. We actually passed it before PASPA was overturned. PASPA then gets overturned. We come back the following January. And iGaming, that passed virtually without any real uh, um, fight against it, quite honestly. Mm. Because I think people, the public, I always tell people all the time, if the public's there, the politicians will eventually get there. And a lot of politicians won't get there and risk their political capital on much. I'm not that type of politician. I was out in front of sports betting long before it probably pulled the right way. But once it starts pulling the right way, a lot of politicians follow suit. Same goes with iGaming. I think in West Virginia, we've been gambling for a long time. We have a, a good regulatory body in West Virginia Lottery. It's not new to the public, right, whether it's through lottery tickets, whether it's through our casinos. We have um, LVL machines in our bars and restaurants. Many states 
to them, that's just crazy, right? You go to sit down at a bar or restaurant, you can go in a back room and play casino. Mm. I mean, that's to many states, that's crazy. In West Virginia, we've been doing it for many years. So I think the sell to legislators is not as hard in states that already have an appetite for gambling in some form. If you are now entering a state and you've seen Georgia have so many problems trying to get across the finish line and they're not used to it, that's different. But I think, and here's what's funny about the sports betting in general, the leagues were opposed to it. Let's not pretend that the leagues were on board with this. They certainly were not. I mean, they came in at the 11th hour in West Virginia. We're not a big state, roughly 2 million people just short of that. We're not a big state, but we were one of the first states to start moving it. So they came into West Virginia and, oh, we need an integrity fee. We need all all these things. Uh, and We need to be able to opt out of it if it's bad for us. I think if you ask them today, they know it's not bad for them. It never was. But that was the pitch to legislators at the 11th hour in West Virginia. So now you fast forward to today. I think other states are starting to move. But quite honestly, I'm surprised it's not moving on the iGaming front as quickly as sports betting really has. Because if you talk to any legislator who can do some math, you know sports betting is not making you a bunch of money. It's not. The indirect revenue from sports betting is probably better than the direct revenue, to be honest with you. People staying in bars or restaurants, coming to your state, betting online. But iGaming, different story. I mean, you're really going to see, I think, a change in the, in the dynamics after all the COVID money dries up, which it's going to do very soon. Mm-hmm. You're going to see iGaming move forward. I'm quite honest. I'm surprised it hasn't yet. You sit down and talk to legislators. Maybe they're just not all on it as much so as they should be. But I think iGaming will move forward soon. Yeah, we keep waiting for when that that dam is going to break and and everyone's going to start legalizing uh, iCasino. I, I'm curious, do you do you partake yourself? Do you play iCasino? Do you do much sports betting? What are what are your interests as a as a consumer? I do love sports betting. I'm not a big iCasino guy. Uh, you know, I don't mind going to the casino itself, and that's just kind of the market. I think you kind of do one or the other. Uh, mm-hmm. But I do love sports betting. And I do it regularly, and and uh, we also uh, passed legislation this year to allow you to deduct. Your losses against your gains Oof. in West Virginia when it comes to sports betting, which I think every state, if they are taking this seriously, should be doing next. And that's, you know, like I said, you pass it and then you realize what can we do to improve it. And I think it's what we're doing now. But yeah, I'm, hey, I, I'm all about the sports betting. I was long, long before we were able to get it going in the states, I was looking at it going, wait a minute here. Pass was blatantly unconstitutional. Let's go. Let's get this thing moving. <laughs> you know, not quite a gambling question, but I think it, it, it kind of, jives a little bit i i you know looking i know that you're you're at minimum pro decriminalization of marijuana uh are you surprised at the ease that gambling has been able to get through in the state where marijuana keeps stalling out on you well we do have medical and we did right. get medical passed since i've been here and i am pro legalization and and much along the reasons of what happens with sports betting we knew there was a, a black market there's clearly a black market for cannabis it's a dangerous market compared to a regulated, legalized one. I fully support it. I think it's it's the learning curve for a lot of individuals that don't understand it. And and we don't have, we haven't had cannabis. We've had betting in some form, right? We haven't had cannabis in some form until recently in West Virginia. So I think that has been the hurdle is educating my colleagues on it. And we do have a very, let's be frank, our, we have a very red state and a very red legislature currently. And I think, you know, a lot of those individuals, just it's a full no thanks on all of that. Mm. Even medical, we had to fight very hard to get medical done. So I think the arguments are similar to your point. You know, if you are okay with sports betting and high gaming, because a big issue in both realms, that there's a black market and we could uh, 
for, for a pun intended, weed out the black market by having a regulated safe market. It's natural progression. It should be done and working behind the eight ball, especially in West Virginia. If you look at our state, you know, we have the Northern Panhandle where I reside, the Eastern Panhandle. We're sandwiched between states and we could have been taken full advantage through tax policy of this situation, of this issue before other states get on board. And unfortunately, I think you're going to see other states on board with legalization efforts before us at this point. I'm curious. One last thing. Uh, what are a West Virginians uh, sports teams typically? Who are you? Who are you? I mean, obviously, you've got colleges there, but uh, who are the pro teams you root for? I'm curious now. Well, I got the Mountaineers behind me. That's, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a diehard WVU guy. Right. And uh, I so I live in Wheeling. I'm in the northern panhandle. I'm about 45 minutes from Pittsburgh. OK, So Steelers, Pirates. I'm closer than many people in Pennsylvania as far as getting to PNC Park and, right. and Heinz Field. Well, I guess it's not Heinz Field anymore. It's uh, Acroshore Stadium. <laughs> right. so, uh, you right. seem to love that name change. Yeah, it just rolls off the tongue. So, <laughs> so I, I actually happened to be on a road trip with my son last weekend, and we uh, took in a Pirates game uh, at uh, at PNC Park. Uh, you'll not be surprised to learn that the, the stadium wasn't quite full, but we had a great time at the, at the game anyway. It's a beautiful stadium. I argue yeah. that with everybody. I've been to many stadiums in the United States, and it's up there. It's probably top five, top ten. The team, not so much. <laughs> no, not so much. You know, Mark Cuban, when sports betting was passed, has been dubbed for saying, hey, you know, uh, I believe the value of my team just doubled since sports betting passed. And now I'm just wondering if he has all that extra money, can he buy the Pirates? Because he's from Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Guy's a Pittsburgh guy. Where, where's Mark Cuban at? Come save the Pirates. Right. Get him on on his show, and we can pitch it. That's probably what needs to happen because uh, you know, great facility, great town. Pittsburgh is a great sports town, mm-hmm. but Pirates. It's been years. It's been years. Well, I'm I'm pretty sure Mark Cuban is a regular listener of Gamble On, so he will get the message <laughs> now. Uh, Sean, uh, great talking to you. Thanks so much for coming on the, on the podcast. Thanks, guys. Thanks for all you do. Appreciate it. Two men, $10,000. Will they run it up or blow it all? It's time to check in on the Gamble On bankroll. Let's update our betting bankroll. And uh, Jeff, you had a winning week. I had a winning week. And my old co-host, John Brennan, had a winning week. Um, I'll start with John. He goes out on a winning note. The last futures bet he placed that still was waiting to be graded, he took the Pittsburgh Penguins to miss the playoffs at plus 380. And the Penguins are indeed missing the playoffs for the first time in 17 years. A bold bet by John. Uh, we thank you, John, for the fake bankroll funds. He bet $50 on it. We won $190. Uh, now for your bets, Jeff. You parlayed two first-round Masters heads-up matchups. One was a tie and the other was a loss. That cost us $50. You also lost 50 on your dart throw on Tony Finau to win the Masters. But you had an MLB Moneyline parlay last week, Pirates and Rays, both to win at plus 213, and they both won. That was a $106 profit, and thus you won $6 on the week. <laughs> yes, <laughs> take a bow. Um, on, my, on my side of the ledger, uh, my five-boxer parlay, uh, you'll recall there was one minus 500 favorite. I was a tiny bit iffy on. He lost a split decision. The four easy legs won, but four for five is the same as 0 for five. That lost $160, but my bigger bet, $900 to win 200 on the Nets to beat the Pistons last week. 
it's sad how much I was sweating this fake money. <laughs> it got a little scary, just a four-point lead late in the third quarter, but the Nets did pull away, and we won $200 there. And then the ultimate lucky outcome, Scotty Scheffler, top 10 at the Masters. We bet it at BetMGM, where there are no chops. A tie is a win. Scheffler finished tied for 10th through 13th, the opposite of a bad beat. We get the full $100 win on that. So for the week, including John's bet, we won $336. So we're now down by 2044 We also have 1385 on hold and futures bets. That leaves us with $6,571 available to bet with this week. And I'm up first, and I'll start with an NBA playoffs bet. I'm looking at this Kings-Warriors series. and I think the Kings are pretty live at plus 240. They have home court. The Warriors are great at home, but not great on the road. The Kings are actually outstanding on the road, 25 and 16 on the road this season. So even if they lose a game at home, they could steal one on the road. And the Warriors, I don't know, maybe they'll win the title again. And I'm going to look stupid for saying this, but usually you can't just limp through the regular season and then have it all click into place in the playoffs. Um, So, Point being, I think there's value on the Kings to win the series at plus 240 at FanDuel, but I'm going to be a little greedy. The Celtics are not going to lose a seven-game series to the Hawks, and the Sixers are not going to lose a seven-game series to the Nets. Uh, No, their destiny is to break my heart in round two against Boston once again. Uh, So if we parlay the Kings with the Celtics and the Sixers, we pump it up from plus 240 to plus 320. So that is the parlay, $100 to win 320. I like it. I do like it. The Kings, I mean, I think if you switch the names of the Kings and the Warriors, I yep. I, I don't think it's a plus 240. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yep. I think that's really where it is. All right. Uh, NFL draft season, which is my, between that and Oscars, my two favorite betting <laughs> markets in the it's whole a, year. It's a long season. NFL draft season is from. I love it. It's like we're in I the third it. month of NFL draft season for you. Uh, the best. It's the best. And like most years, nobody knows anything. Right. Uh, so with that in mind, I'm going to I don't even know if I bet any number one picks yet. Have I bet a number one? You pick? I don't you, you definitely had a bet on CJ Stroud to go number one at plus three, three something. Oh, good. Well, I'm We're going to put more money on CJ Stroud to go to number one again because <laughs> okay. he's at plus two twenty five. Uh-huh. See, I wish I'd re- I I, I got to keep better track because I should have bet Bryce Young like back then anyway. But anyway, right. so put me down 200 at plus two twenty five for Stroud at six uh, to win six fifty. Um. He was the favorite, minus 300, up until, like, Monday. Uh-huh. Then it flipped, and Young's the favorite. Nobody knows anything. I'm hoping to make the same <laughs> bet again next week with Bryce Young for plus, at plus odds. Right. Um, but we'll see. But I, I, Stroud's I, – I, I don't I, – I don't know. I mean, I, I, there's a lot of steam happening right now in Young. I think it's because – I think the Panthers are trying to stoke the fire, hope to get a trade brew with the Texans. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just – I'm, I'll take Stroud, and I'll take the risk that it's Stroud, and I will also hope that you know this flips again, and then I'll put all the money on Bryce Young, and we'll arb it all, and we'll walk away with a nice little profit. Right, right. All right, I, I like the strategy. Do, do you want to get a few more bucks down on the Steven Spielberg Best Director while you're at it? I do not. <laughs> okay. Uh, All right. Um, I'm going to go with boxing for my second bet. Uh, So-so battle of giant heavyweights on Saturday in England. Six foot six inch Joe Joyce versus six foot six inch Chinese southpaw Zhang Zhilei. Joyce is really good. He's slow fisted, but iron chinned and relentless. And Zhang is kind of an oaf who hasn't beaten anybody good. Joe Joyce is knocking him out, plain and simple. He's like minus 1200 to win the fight. And at most books, He's at least minus 300 to win by knockout, but uh, Fox Bet gives us a tremendous price. Joyce is minus 227 to win by knockout there. 
I'd say that outcome is at least 80% likely. So uh, we're doing the minus money thing again. Uh, $227 to win 100. Joe the Juggernaut Joyce by KO, TKO, or disqualification. Interesting fact. I, too, am slow-fisted, yet I don't have an iron chin. So. <laughs> Can we test that? <laughs> it's, it wouldn't take much. Uh, you get a six-year-old to test that for me. Uh, all right. Here's one that you're going to love. You're going to love this one. Hometown okay. Philadelphia. Mm. I'm making a Philadelphia championship bet. Ooh. Plus I'm 550 for a, plus 550 odds, $100 a fan duel. For your famous Philadelphia Stars to be the USFL champions, <laughs> they're re- they're returning a lot of their skill players. That that's that's my rationale on that one. Okay, now listen, I fully support that. The Stars were like my first football love. Uh, I was I was much more passionate about them in their inaugural season than I was about the Eagles at the time. The I, I forget if I've ever said this on the podcast, but the only time sports made me cry was when the Stars lost the championship game that first season. Oh wow! So uh, so I'm I'm, Calvin, I'm on Calvin board. Calvin Bryant, with this. yes, Calvin Bryant, Chuck Fusina, Scott Fitzky, Sam Mills. Come on, yeah. Coach Jim Mora, great squad. It was a great team, great team. All right, so <laughs> I'm I'm hoping that I'm hoping that they re- redeem you this year. Okay, uh, and they, they I believe they lost in the finals last year. Is that right? Uh, I'm pretty sure they did. That sounds so, about right. I yeah, so if they're sure. returning uh, most of that team, uh, then uh, yeah, I, I like why the bet. Not? All right. All right. Um, for my third bet this week, I am going to do a Thursday MLB SGP. Um, the best price I found on this was at FanDuel. We have the Rays at home against Boston shortly after this pod posts. It's a 110 Eastern start. Rays, of course, trying to win their 13th straight. I say they will. Uh, Jeffrey Springs is pitching. He's 2-0 with an 0 ERA against 37-year-old Corey Kluber, fading fast at 0-2 with a 6-4-8 ERA. Uh, sorry for using all these old-school stats, but I'm, I'm sure Pakoda and Vorp support my case as well. Uh, anyway, give me the Rays, not just to win, but on the run line. Rays minus 1.5. That's a, a minus 110 start to the parlay. Then we add uh, at least one base hit for Wander Franco. He's hitting 340, and he's hit safely in 10 of 12 games so far this season. And lastly, juice it up. We add a home run for Brandon Lowe. He has four homers in 29 at-bats. He homered in four straight games before they gave him a rest day yesterday. So he's rested. He's ready. He's going to go deep again. So raise minus one and a half. Franco hit. Lowe homer comes out to plus 717. Let's bet $60 to win 430. I don't see how this can possibly lose. It should probably be minus 717, really. I, I love when you channeled me um, <laughs> to, to make your bets. Uh, because coming up, I have uh, not an SGP, but a, a baseball parlay for today as well. And okay. it does involve Jeffrey Springs, as a matter of fact. Oh, all righty. Uh, so it's a three-team parlay, three, three-leg parlay. Springs over six and a half Ks. Uh-huh. Nick Lodolo, Lodolo, I think Lodolo, over seven and a half Ks against the Fighting Phils tonight. Mm, Okay. That one worries me a little bit, but he's been (laughs) incredible. And then the Cardinals over five runs against uh, the the, uh, Vince Veliquez and the Pirates. 50 bucks at plus 797 to win an even 399 bucks. Okay, a nice even three ninety nine. <laughs> so, and just to be clear, it was cards over five runs, so five would be yes. a push on that leg. Yeah, so yeah, okay. it'll be a push, and so we just we'd just cash the K's. But I, I, okay. I'm confident. I'm confident in the K's for Springs. I'm confident in the cards. The Lodolo. I mean, today's a bit going to be a big day to find out how real this kid is. 
All right. And, you know, the Phillies, one thing I know about them is they do have a lot of guys who like to strike out a lot. So, uh, yeah. so sure. I, this doesn't preclude me from rooting for the Phillies to win. They just have to no. win, win while striking out a bunch. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. All right. Uh, All right, that'll do it for this episode of Gamble On. Thanks to everybody out there for listening, and thanks again to this week's guest, Delegate Sean Fluharty. You can find me on Twitter at Eric Raskin and Jeff at Jeff Edelstein, and follow US Bets at US underscore bets. Go to usbets.com for all the latest news and analysis from the world of gambling, and subscribe to this podcast on Megaphone, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else. And with that, Jeff, please take us out. You know, Eric, I don't think the sports world is appreciating the fact that there are two spring football leagues playing now at the same time for the next month. Uh, We got the last two weeks of regular season XFL, which, honest to God, has been a delight. Really, it's been awesome, along with their two weeks of playoffs. Then we got the USFL back for a second season starting this week. I mean, people, this is football. Can we get a little bit more excited? And, 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 and on June 8th, the Canadian Football League season ooh. starts. So, so understand, ooh, ooh, nothing. Listen, you <laughs> understand this. The XFL season started the week after the Super Bowl, the, Sunday, the weekend after the Super Bowl. Right. Then comes XFL, USFL, then CFL, then the NFL again. Uh-huh. We have year-round professional football. Year-round professional football is happening right now. Forget Ukraine. Forget Trump being indicted. Forget what happened to Logan Roy. This is the biggest story of the year, and no one seems to care. Gamble on, people. Please. Please.